0: Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. We are on the air. This is thesis. I mean, the Persian Empire's army was so big, they would dry out the rivers. But Herodotus says that in his, in his book. When, when all my life, growing up, Through the 80s, all I remember being taught at school is that we should be colorblind. But now it seems like these people that call themselves progressives are looking back past the civil rights to where now I should care about what skin color I am or the other person is. Educate yourself, open your eyes. Don't be led around like sheep or cattle. Government will always push its boundaries no matter who is in charge. Today's show, I wanted to talk about a little bit about uh, like legalization and things like that. When markets get saturated, only the strong survive. We see the crossover from what religion teaches us about behaviors, and we can see the truth in the science. I'm not scared of the virus. I'm not scared of the pandemic. You know why? Because I know that there is something greater than all of this. This is Thesis. Everything is everything. I am your host, Jay Marie. Three, two, one. We are on the air. This is Thesis. Everything is everything. I am your host, Jay Marie. Thank you for being with us today and checking in with us. Hope you are all doing well. Uh, Thank you for showing up as you do every week or every other whenever, right? Because we don't have a regular schedule here. Uh, But, you know, here we are. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so today, what are we going to do today? <clears throat> There's a lot going on in the world and, um, I figured today we'll nerd out. I wanted to nerd out on you guys again. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite subjects is, uh, is philosophy. And, uh, past couple of days I've been focusing in on a couple things. Seeing with what, 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 with what is going on in the world, um, I think we can work this in a little bit. So, um, there's this part of Plato's Republic, so we're going to jump into Plato's Republic again, but there's this part of Plato's Republic that is, that is um, referred to as the allegory of the cave. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different explanations and interpretations out there, but I figured we'd go through it together, as we did um, uh, the chapters on uh, the democracy and all that, right? So I figured we'd go through it together again with the same, uh, with our same, um, you know, using the same audio. That's my favorite audio, as you know. Uh, And I did put the link, and I will put the link again on uh, this show, the description of the show. So if you want to check it out, you know, you could put it on on at night or when you're going to sleep or something and just let it play in the background. uh, Because there's nothing to watch on the screen, you know, the audio is what's important. So we're going to go through the... um, allegory of the cave cave stopping periodically and, uh, you know, me maybe breaking down a few things and uh, at least giving my interpretation of some of it. Uh, One of the things I think I want to point out ahead of before we start here is, uh, you know, before I've talked about um, enlightenment, or even maybe a, a spiritual uplift or something like that and i kind of explained to where it's um where
1: you
0: where it's almost like you're being lifted up it, it, you know if i don't want to say the word like spiritually because it sounds religious but not i don't mean spiritually but i mean a, a lifting up of, of 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 something you know um, enlightenment is something like that where where you get lifted up and you can see the intricate movements. You know, I broke that part down before. And um, I think what what the allegory does is it kind of it kind of breaks it. It really helps explain kind of of what I what I mean about when I say what enlightenment is. You know, and I keep stressing on education because you can start seeing things different. You know. Um, you guys who've heard all the other, who've been following us and have heard some of the other shows, how I how I constantly say, you know, if you educate yourself, you see things different. You'll be able to, you know, your eyes. It's almost like like if your 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 um your eyesight is being healed or, or something like that, you know, because the more you educate, the more you're able to see things through different filters and all these things, right? And so what what it what he does in the in the allegory of the cave is he. He very eloquently um, puts, puts what I'm trying to say into, into words, um, into more uh, uh, articulate, <laughs> articulate words. And so when I came across it again as I was redoing A Plato's Republic, you know, that is my favorite book. And, you know, and then I was thinking of like media today and stuff like that and what we see on TV and movies and maybe pop culture and different things like that and and see all of these things um have to do with with what the what the allegory is gonna tell us and like I said, uh we'll stop and we'll break and we'll see you know we'll break some of these things down a little bit uh it won't be too hard to understand. You know, although Pe- Plato's Republic is college-level material, um, you know, you're smart, and it's it's not as it's not that hard, you know, uh, to follow along. It's just long, and there's just it's just I, it's just packed with information. And I think that's what what kind of makes it, you know, quote unquote hard. I mean, it's not hard if you're willing to put in the work. You know. Okay, so. Let me see if I want to point out anything else, anything to keep an eye out. Oh, okay, so as we're listening, you know, here's what I like to do. Here's me, what I like to do, you know, and we're like I joked before, we're like philosophers in training, right? So one thing that I like to do is when I'm listening to something, depending on what it is, right? If it's something historical or scientific or whatever, different, different uh, disciplines, as I'm listening, uh, I've trained my mind to filter what I'm listening through to, through different filters, right? Through historical filters, uh, through, you know, let's say religious or spiritual filters or scientific filters and you know, all these different things. So I just wanna, while, as we're listening, when you're listening to what he says, just maybe somewhere in the back of your mind Look to see if there's anything that sounds familiar that maybe you, you notice. let's say, on something that came out. Because see, it's not specific stuff, but something. You know, it's gonna give you images in your mind, and, and, and if you know, try to notice if you f- see or feel any of this that might translate into, let's say, social media, pop culture, maybe even our education system, um, TV, cable, whatever, right? So keep those type of things in mind because we're going to it's going to get deep. It's not going to be it's not going to be crazy deep, but you know, this is philosophy. Philosophy we break stuff down. You know, we're going to break shit down. You know, just cuz we're we're from the inner city, just cuz you're from wherever, whatever the fuck, does it just cuz you you know, I didn't go to college, you know, but I love this stuff, right? As long as you have a passion and a and a deep desire to learn it and, and you seek it out and I mean, you know, I love it. I love it. Okay, so Without further ado, whatever that means, we gotta translate that because ado, that means like goodbye. Without further goodbye, right? Ado is goodbye in French. Adieu, like, you know saying, whatever. Without further goodbye, <laughs> let's get started. So Plato's Republic, um, the allegory of the cave, thank you, and I hope you enjoy it. And I'm going to be right here with you, so I'm not going anywhere. But thank you again. Uh, Let's do this. This is my favorite. I love it so much because I feel like I am sitting here with
1: Socrates along with the other guys. If we are thinking about the effect of education or the lack of it on our nature, there's another comparison we can make. Picture human beings living in some sort of underground cave dwelling with an entrance which is long, as wide as the cave, and open to the light. Here they live from earliest childhood, with their legs and necks in chains, so that they have to stay where they are, looking only ahead of them, prevented by the chains from turning their heads. They have light from a distant fire, which is burning behind them and above them. Between the fire and the prisoners, at a higher level than them, is a path along which you must picture a low wall that has been built like the screen which hides people when they're giving a puppet show, and above which they make the puppets appear. "'Yes, I can picture all that,' he said. "'Picture also, along the length of the wall, people carrying all sorts of manufactured objects which project above it, statues of people, animals made of stone and wood, and all kinds of materials. As you'd expect, some of the people carrying the objects are speaking while others are silent. A strange picture?' and strange prisoners no more strange than us i said do you think for a start that prisoners of that sort have ever seen anything more of themselves and of one another than the shadows cast by the fire on the wall of the cave in front of them how could they if they'd been prevented from moving their heads all their lives okay let's stop right there okay just so real quick
0: let's uh re, uh, just kind of revisit what he said. So, he lays out an image of a cave, um, and, as, you, and, and as, I, as he explained with the puppet show, so you can imagine this puppet show by using shadows on the screen in front of the, you know, the people that are sitting there, right? And they are prevented from moving their head to look back or anything. So all they know, all and remember, we're, we're looking at this philosophically, right? So, since they've been there all their lives, all they know is what's in front of them being projected, right? And uh, like like he said, it's a puppet show. So so they don't see what's going on behind them behind that wall. They're the, the, the puppeteers, quote you know, let's call them puppeteers, are behind this, this, this obstruction, a wall, and they're holding up little sticks, kinda maybe like the way those Japanese puppet shows, you know, you can you can you can imagine it, right? So philosophically, let's imagine a person or several people sitting there who have been there since the, uh, all their lives, right? And and everything they know is, what is what's in front of them and what is being projected in voice to them, right? That's all they know, okay? Um, they can't turn their heads back. That's all they know. Um, okay, that's where we're at right now. Just wanted to kind of uh, kind of go back and, you know, kind of just
1: touch on of those things so we can understand where we're at. Okay, let's go. What about the objects which are being carried? Wouldn't they see only shadows of these also? Yes, of course. So, if they were able to talk to one another, don't you think they'd believe that the things they were giving names to were the things they could see passing? Yes, they'd be bound to. What if the prison had an echo from the wall in front of them? Every time one of the people passing by spoke, do you suppose they believe the source of the sound to be anything other than the passing shadow? No, that's exactly what they would think. All in all then, what people in this situation would take for truth would be nothing more than the shadows of the manufactured objects. Necessarily.
0: Okay, so just to go back. So remember, philosophically, these people... This is all they know. So, as far as they know, what they're seeing is reality, is truth,
1: because that's all they know. Continue. Suppose nature brought this state of affairs to an end, I said. Think what their release from their chains and the cure for their ignorance would be like. When one of them was untied and compelled suddenly to stand up, turn his head, start walking, and look towards the light, he'd find all these things painful. Because of the glare, he'd be unable to see things whose shadows he used to see before. What do you suppose he'd say if he was told that what he used to see before was of no importance, whereas now his eyesight was better since he was closer to what is and looking at things which more truly are? Suppose further that each of the passing objects was pointed out to him and that he was asked what it was and compelled to answer. Don't you think he'd be confused? Wouldn't he believe the things he saw before to be more true than what was being pointed out to him now? Okay, so one of the persons
0: is released from his chains, right? And remember, there's a long tunnel that leads to the outside world. And as he's coming towards in the tunnel, going towards the outside, the light from the outside is really bright. So what 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 Socrates is explaining is something is a actual physical reaction that the body has, right, to 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 coming out of the darkness and into the light. You know the eyesight. You know, like when you're when you're inside the house and it's all dark, and then you step outside. At first, it takes a minute for your eyes to adjust. So he's explaining. Actual physical um, uh, uh, things that are happening as as the person is coming out into, out of the cave, right? Now, when he's talking about some of these things, like um, if somebody told him, you know, that person, look, now what you're seeing is real. This is the real world. What you used to see in there is not real that person would be confused because all that person ever knew was what was being projected in front of his eyes in that screen all his life, hearing the same stories or whatever is being projected in front of him, right? So so if, if this person is pulled towards the, the light out here in the real world, um, at first there's gonna be a lot of um, resistance because there's gonna, it's gonna be painful, it's gonna hurt. Eyes eyes can't adjust and can't see and those type of things and maybe want to return back to the comfort because the comfort of what was before, what was known, right? Hey, I don't know any of this stuff out here. I've never seen, I've never, please just take me back to where I was. All I want to do is just go back to what I know. That's it. Comfort zone, right? It's something like taking out of the comfort zone. So philosophically, so see these little things are going to start popping up and I'm going to break them down like that because because this is how they translate. I'm sure you could start seeing them just by hearing the story because the story kind of tells itself, right? So so when we look at it philosophically, right, when you're thinking of education, so see, he started off talking about education. Now, see, just real quick, let me insert this, is that, so where we are in, in the book is towards the end. They've already talked about how to build a civilization and all these things, right? And he's talking about the education of the citizens of his City, right? Uh, so that's what they're that's what they're looking at, and they're examining what exactly is education, right? Uh, so when we look at it philosophically, here, let's say in the real world, you know, the w- maybe ways that we were brought up, certain things that we were taught, um, you know, those type of things, right? Uh, and then. Um, um, you, 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 start learning new things and other things and it's different and it's, no, you don't want to accept it. You know, those type of things. See how it kind of translates a little bit. So look, we're going to go on a little bit, but we're not going to come back because this is kind of the things that I wanted to point out is, is how these things start happening. So let, let's just real quick, like an example. Let's take, let's take someone, for instance, who grew up. And let's take, for instance, um, someone who grew up um, let's say in an Amish town, family, whatever, right? That's all he ever knew. And then, never been to the city or nothing. And then you bring him to the city and you show, so, you know what I'm saying? Imagine the shock and the, and the, what? <laughs> right? From the person who, who all his life knew, let's say, living on, on the, I don't know what it's called, but you know what I mean, Amish community and then to see what the world is like out here. So it's something similar to that, what he's explaining, but a little bit deeper because we're thinking educational, no, you know, the stuff we know, those type of things. Um, okay, wait. Ah, these folks in the neighborhood, loud and dogs and motorcycles, anyhow, okay, let's continue.
1: Yes, he would, much more true. If he was forced to look at the light itself, wouldn't it hurt his eyes? Wouldn't he turn away and run back to the things he could see? Wouldn't he think those things really were clearer than what was being pointed out? Yes, he said. And if he was dragged out of there by force, up the steep and difficult path, with no pause until he'd been dragged right into the sunlight... Wouldn't he find this dragging painful? Wouldn't he resent it? And when he came into the light, with his eyes filled with the glare, would he be able to see a single one of the things people call real? No, he wouldn't. Not at first. He'd need to acclimatise himself, I imagine, if he were going to see things up there. To start with, he'd find shadows, the easiest things to look at. After that, reflections of people and other things in water. The things themselves would come later, and from those he would move on to the heavenly bodies and the heavens themselves. He'd find it easier to look at the light of the stars and the moon by night than look at the sun and the light of the sun by day. Of course. The last thing he'd be able to look at, presumably, would be the sun. Not its image in water or some location that is not its own, but the sun itself. He'd be able to look at it by itself, in its own place, and see it as it really was. Yes, he said, that would unquestionably be the last thing he'd be able to look at. Okay, let's pause right there.
0: Oh, I love this so much. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Okay, so, so see, see what the story is saying, right? Now, let's go back to some of the stuff that I said, that I've said as far as like educating ourselves. Now, this is a long journey that's not over, for instance, for me. This is a journey that I've been on for a long time. Okay, and it's gonna continue. Um, and, and sort of what he's explaining there is, um, so at first, when, when I started, for instance, when I started getting into philosophy and political philosophy and these things, they were very hard to to comprehend and very hard to understand and you know at first since my mind is very green with to all of these things and you know ah what is this saying and blah 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 you know it's hard it's hard at first but as I learned more and as I as I dug deeper into different books and different subjects and different um, um, disciplines right it got easier to see and to understand so see the way he explains it, so see, he's using metaphors and stuff like that. Um, it's hard, so it, it's hard for this guy to see things at first because it is so bright. The first things he'll be able to see is easy stuff, shadows and reflections, right? When I when you, when I first started, when I first decided to change and to try to start taking my life in a different direction by learning and educating myself, um, the, the tiniest things are, are, are what reveal themselves first to you. The most Easiest things to see, the most digestible concepts and ideas are the first things to reveal themselves to you, you know. And as you dig deeper, then you can start seeing the more intricate details of more sophisticated—not sophisticated, but more—you um, know—analytical ideas and those type of things. As you learn more, you can start seeing more, but it takes time. And seeing, he's explaining that process. And then, you know, as he gets, and then how he says, and the final thing you see is the sun, right? The final thing you can see is the sun. Now that metaphorically, what he's saying is, 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 is reaching that, that height of enlightenment, you know, reaching that level of enlightenment of, of philosophical, um, um, you know what I mean? Like this level, this is like. You know, we can say the spiritual enlightenment level, whatever Nirvana. You know, if we're thinking Buddhist, right? It's the uh, those type of things. You know, that's the highest reach that 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 man can get. You know, so he's think he's talking metaphorically, right? So we can see it. We can see it if we want to translate it. Let's say through a filter of religion. God, the highest ideal, the highest order, whatever, right? That's the highest thing to reach for, the goal of what we want to be, right? Now, in education, enlightenment is the highest thing that we want to reach for. I want to reach for wisdom, you know? Wisdom is something you want to want to reach for and desire, you know? Enlightenment is something you want to reach for and desire because it's like the highest... Ideal, it's the light that, that shines and allows you to see everything. The light that, that, that shines on images that allows you to see the colors and the intricacies and the designs and the patterns. The light, you know, metaphorically, that light is, what, is what's whats going to allow your eyes to see these things. Because you are reaching for the highest goal, that light, you know. So that's where we're at right now. Now, it's going to get very interesting, and I love this, I love it, I just love it, I hope, okay, I hope you love it too, here we go.
1: At that point he would work out that it was the sun which caused the seasons and the years, which governed everything in the visible realm, and which was, in one way or another, responsible for everything they used to see. That would obviously be the next stage. Now, suppose he were reminded of the place where he lived originally of what passed for wisdom there, and of his former fellow prisoners. Don't you think he would congratulate himself on the change? Wouldn't he feel sorry for them? Indeed he would. Back in the cave, they might have had rewards and praises and prizes for the person who was quickest at identifying the passing shapes, who had the best memory for the ones which came earlier or later or simultaneously, and who, as a result, was best at predicting what was going to come next. Do you think he would feel any desire for these prizes? Would he envy those who were respected and powerful there, or would he feel as Achilles does in Homer? Would he much prefer to labor as a common serf, serving a man with nothing to his name, putting up with anything to avoid holding those opinions and living that life? Yes, he said. If you ask me, he'd be prepared to put up with anything to avoid that way of life. Okay.
0: Let's stop right there, wow <laughs> okay, so, so let's think of um several things, okay so so remember, once the person is outside and learns what reality is and and then so the question was, what do you think he thinks of the people inside the cave now? you know, he used some you know, kind of like feel sorry for them or whatever, but but I think I think the translation is probably a little bit off, more like um. Uh, compa- not compassion, but um, uh, uh pity. <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow, cause look, think about this, right? And then, and so my bad, I'm rambling. But look, he says, he says, do you think he's gonna want to go back down there, right? And then, so, so then, let's think of 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 like a um, these guru, not gurus, but like like for instance, the Buddha, right? He he gave everything up, and decided to chase. Enlightenment, you know, that's he gave everything up and see. And then so like, for instance, when we look at Jesus, Jesus says, give everything up. And, you know, he said in the Bible, it says, follow me. But through my interpretation of when I go through all of those things, he means follow truth, follow the light. Because in many different instances, God is, is referred to as the light, right? The creator, the light, all of these things. So metaphorically, we're talking about the same thing. When, when you know, when when Christ says, "Follow me," he's saying, "Follow the light, follow the truth." You know, I am the truth, I am the way, I am. I'm sorry, and the life, right? But light and darkness, you know, good and evil, God and the devil. You know what I'm saying? Those are two, um, uh, um, two. Uh, uh, forces of nature that are, that, um, I don't know the word, <laughs> opposed to each other, right? Constantly, good, evil, light, darkness, right? But see, these, these folks, in, like for instance, the, the, the prophets, the teachers and all these people use words to try to, to, to try to translate to human, so we can understand it, you know, about behavior and being good and this and that because they're trying to explain that that there's good and evil anyhow. Anyway, so another part that I wanted to point out was think about like um, what we see today in the culture of the popular culture today, you know, the Oscars and the this one and the that one. So, so and then think of, of, of like, for instance, what we call in culture today, um, the, the political correctness, right? So they give each other awards for those, remember, play, uh, uh, Socrates was saying, down there, they give each other awards for those who can recite the stuff that's been pronounced to them on the screen faster and this and that. Okay, so think about that. And the Oscars, if you make a movie about, you know, gay rights or something like that, you're going to win an Oscar. You know, because, because you're the quickest or whatever to repeat, you know, that person who made that movie. And, and, and never mind, I'm not just picking on gay rights, but you know what I mean? It, that's how they reward themselves to those who can repeat and, and, uh, reaffirm that which has been projected in front of the screen and so on and so forth. Now, look, I personally, like, for instance, me, you know, I, I love music, you know, I love movies and stuff like that. I could care less about awards, music awards, those things, because it's all just a big, you know, it's, 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 actors giving themselves awards, I mean, you know what I'm saying, and and this translates into a lot of different parts of, of, of culture and society, but that's a, that's one that we can see right away, um, because, uh, because it kind of, it fits right into sort of, like, what Socrates was saying, um, okay, let me see, he wouldn't want to go back, um, and he's calm, um, oh, he would, he would give every, you know, um, he would live like a serf. So, when he's talking about the story about living like a serf, it just means like with no worries, no nothing. I just, I just rather work. I don't care, you know, whatever about politics, whatever, you know, someone who just says, screw all of that, right? Um, when you hit a certain level of, of wisdom or enlightenment, all this all this stuff in the, in the world or in society or whatever mean nothing because there's now you're reaching for higher. Thought, higher ideals, higher process, mind process, whatever, to where these, these, this, this, um, um, oh, yeah, yeah, Sorry, that these things that are really have no meaning, mean that are meaningless out here, uh, doesn't call your attention anymore because now. Because now, you are looking for something greater. Okay. Anyhow, let's
1: continue with Socrates. "'There's another question I'd like to ask you,' I said. "'Suppose someone like that came back down into the cave "'and took up his old seat. "'Wouldn't he find, coming straight in from the sunlight, "'that his eyes were swamped by the darkness? "'I'm sure he would. "'And suppose he had to go back to distinguishing the shadows "'in competition with those who had never stopped being prisoners. "'Before his eyes had grown accustomed to the dark, "'while he still couldn't see properly,' and this period of acclimatization would be anything but short, wouldn't he be a laughingstock? Wouldn't it be said of him that he'd come back from his journey to the upper world with his eyesight destroyed, and that it wasn't worth even trying to go up there? As for anyone who tried to set them free and take them up there, if they could somehow get their hands on him and kill him, wouldn't they do just that?
0: Okay, real quick, let's stop there. Um, so, so, see... The guy comes back, right? After after, after being out, out there in, in the real world, he comes back, now it's dark. So see, now the acclimatization of his eyes and everything are in reverse because now he's coming in from the light to the darkness. So there is still gonna be an effect now, but in the opposite way. See? And, and if we start thinking about, let's say the competition of, of noticing and, and naming the things on the wall, I mean, this guy—the guy that just came back from outside—he can't—he—he he can't see the stuff yet, you know. And since he's seen, since he—since he saw the real world, you know—now um, he understands what's real and what's fake. So, so the world down there has its own existence, right? So the puppet asks a question, and there's an answer down there in that reality. So the guy that came outside into the light, he saw the different reality. So his answers don't match what what the what the other folks down there in in the cave are saying, and they're laughing at him because look at this guy. What's he talking about? That it's a shadow. That it ain't real. It's you know what I'm saying? Because that's all they know down there. Okay. Let's look at examples again in in the real world. Um, you know I like to go to Christ because it's uh it's 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 an example that we all know right um you know when 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 Christ did some te- you know the teachings and stuff it was stuff that people had never heard of before and then oh, pardon me, it was stuff that people had never heard of before um so so that's what that what was <laughs> that is what was some of the beef right. So those who couldn't see what he was teaching, the Pharisees and whoever, you know, clowned them, made fun of them. So see, the metaphor is the same. Um, Take, for instance, in society today, like I'll give you an example of of me, something that that happens often, not too often, but you know, there's examples out there, you know. my my thoughts and my, my thoughts and my ideas and my process are very different than let's say your popular culture, right? Um. So when when let's say people in my neighborhood hear me speaking about you know conservative ideas or philosophy and these things, you know it's it's strange to them, you know. And I can even see like I don't I've n- never heard it or anything like that, and I'm not accusing anybody. Of saying that, but I remember I used to be this way. When somebody back in the day, I was young and they were, you know, we would say, La, that nigga trying to kick knowledge, right? And, and it was like a joke, clowning them, laughing at them, right? Because they were trying to share something that they saw out there in the light, trying to bring it down to us here in the darkness, and we would laugh at them because we couldn't see it because all we knew is what we know, what was being projected to us here in our reality. And see, and now I've experienced some of those things before. Because now when I try to share some of these ideas that I've been able to learn out there, outside of the cave, and then I come back to the cave excited, trying to tell the people in here, hey, look at all this, um, look at this amazing world that is out here. Check it out. I want to show you why, because I saw it. I love it. It's amazing. You'll love it too. I want you to see it. And uh, for the most part, you know, I don't I don't get laughed at or anything, but you know, people aren't a lot of folks aren't open to to it's hard. It's hard. Remember, this is all we know because this is all we've been shown, right? So it's hard to walk out of the cave into the light. The the um remember the the body has to adjust. It takes time for the eyes to adjust. It's the same thing. It's hard and it's scary. Why? Because it's a whole nother different world. It's a different world. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You know, I used to say this to my uh, friends, or well, I used to say it to myself, uh, but it was a way of explaining of where I'm going and where we're at with with the chase of 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 the 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 chase of wisdom, the chase for uh, um, uh, enlightenment. You know, it's like you. I told myself. And I've told others, you have to unlearn everything that you've known. I had to unlearn everything that was taught to me. Because all these things that have been revealed to me through study, through meditation, through, through, you know, through what we do, through conversation, right? Through digging, all the things that have been revealed to me are a lot of it are contrary to, to what I thought was reality. You know, it sounds crazy, and but I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically, I'm speaking philosophically, you know? I'm not talking about the matrix and no crazy shit like that. I'm just saying um, knowledge and wisdom and education are these things. This is what I'm talking about, okay? So now, let's get back, you know? Little tangent, but it's okay because we're learning together. Let's go back now, so remember he's asking the question so what if the person went back right so now we're we're at the point to where this person who has reached enlightenment right who has seen the the true reality of things out here spiritual enlightenment uh wisdom comes back into the cave and these are the things that he has to deal with so again just think in society think of 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 wise people out there um you know who are shunned or whatever because of whatever these things happen in society all the time okay over and over in history there's examples of this but anyhow um i (laughs) i much rather um i much rather uh plato tell us the story remember it's plato telling the story but it's socrates speaking okay so let's go ahead i certainly would
1: he said That is the picture then, my dear Glaucon, and it fits what we were talking about earlier in its entirety. The region revealed to us by sight is the prison dwelling, and the light of the fire inside the dwelling is the power of the sun. If you identify the upward path and the view of things above with the ascent of the soul to the realm of understanding, then you will have caught my drift, my surmise, which is what you wanted to hear. Whether it is really true, perhaps only God knows. My own view, for what it's worth, is that in the realm of what can be known, the thing seen last, and seen with great difficulty, is the form or character of the good. But when... Okay,
0: sorry. Real quick, I just want to stop right there, because when, when Socrates speaks of the good, I want to translate. Um, see, in his in his search for what the good is, what God is. So when, when he talks about the good, let's think God, right? But not in a religious sense, but in the highest order sense, right? The highest order of things, um, you know, just the highest ideal order, creation, science, you know what I'm saying? When he talks about the good, that's what he means, okay?
1: It is seen, the conclusion must be that it turns out to be the cause of all that is right and good for everything. In the realm of sight, it produces light and light sovereign, the sun. While in the realm of thought, it is itself sovereign, producing truth and reason unassisted. I further believe that anyone who's going to act wisely, either in private life or in public life, must have had a sight of this form of the good. "'Well, I for one agree with you,' he said, as far as I can follow, at any rate. "'Can you agree with me, then, on one further point? "'It's no wonder if those who have been to the upper world refuse to take an interest in everyday affairs, "'if their souls are constantly eager to spend their time in that upper region. It's what you'd expect, presumably, if things really are like the picture we've just drawn. Yes, it's what you'd expect. And here's another question. Do you think it's at all surprising if a person who turns to everyday life after the contemplation of the divine cuts a sorry figure and makes a complete fool of himself If before he can see properly, or can get acclimatized to the darkness around him, he is compelled to compete, in the law courts or anywhere else, about the shadows of justice, or the statues which cast those shadows, or to argue about the way they are understood by those who have never seen justice itself. No, it's not in the least surprising, he said. Anyone with any sense, I said, would remember that people's eyesight can be impaired in two quite different ways, and for two quite different reasons. There's the change from light to darkness, and the change from darkness to light. He might then take it that the same is true of the soul, so that when he saw a soul in difficulties, unable to see, he would not laugh mindlessly, but would ask whether it had come from some brighter life and could not cope with the unfamiliar darkness or whether it had come from greater ignorance into what was brighter, and was now dazzled by the glare. One he would congratulate on what it had seen, and on its way of life. The other he would pity. Or, if he chose to laugh at it, his laughter would be less absurd than laughter directed at the soul which had come from the light above. Yes, what you say is entirely reasonable. Well, I said, if it's true, there's one conclusion we can't avoid education is not what some people proclaim it to be what they say roughly speaking is that they are able to put knowledge into souls where none was before like putting sight into eyes which were blind yes that is what they say whereas our present account indicates that this capacity in every soul this instrument by means of which each person learns is like an eye which can only be turned away from the darkness and towards the light by turning the whole body. The entire soul has to turn with it, away from what is coming to be, until it is able to bear the sight of what is, and in particular, the brightest part of it. This is the part we call the good, isn't it? Yes. Again, um...
0: You know, when we're thinking philosophically or religiously or whatever, you know, we're just thinking we're thinking highest ideals. You know, reaching for that highest, you know, thing. <laughs> you know, the good. And remember, when he's saying the good, he's kind of saying like God, but God in, in in not in the form of what we know today. Um, um, you know, religiously and all that. It's just it's in a whole different sense the 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 everything you know, uh, the way right he mentioned something like that the way so see just another little side note the Tao you know the Tao in in uh, is it the Chinese culture right the Tao De Ching and the Tao it translates into the way you know so people study the Tao and and um, uh, uh, I mean I'm sorry that's what they're chasing, right? That's what they're striving for, is the way. And they're and, and through meditation and through these teachings of the different teachers and uh, you're, 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 it's trying to lead you to the way, the way of things, right? Order, right? God, like these things, they cross each other. And that's one of the things that I wanna stress here. You know, you guys know, who've been listening to the shows, if you're new to the show, you'll see as you go back and listen to some of the other shows, Is the idea of, of, of what we're doing here as far as the translation of what all these things mean together. You know? That's what we're doing, that's what the thesis is all about.
1: And uh, I'm getting off track here, so let's continue. Let's continue. It is up to us then, as founders of the city, to compel the best natures to get as far as that study which we said earlier was the most important, to make that ascent and view the good. And when they have made it, and seen all they need to see, we must not allow them to do what they are allowed to do at the moment. What is that? Remain there, I said, and refuse to come back down again to the prisoners we were talking about, or share in their hardships and rewards, be they trivial or substantial. That seems very unfair. Are we going to make them live a worse life, when it is in their power to live a better one? Now it's your turn to have forgotten, my friend, that the law does not exist for the exclusive benefit of one class in the city. Its aim is to engineer the benefit of the city as a whole, using persuasion and compulsion to bring the citizens into harmony and making each class share with the other classes the contribution it is able to bring to the community.
0: Okay, real quick, so, um, just so you'll know, the, the conversation that they're having, the dialogue that they're having is about a theoretical city. Remember, they're building a city they, and they build several theoretical cities through from the scratch point. You know, how many people do we need? How many cows? How many? Who's who's the ironsmith? You know, what I'm saying so at this point, remember, we're towards the end. So at this point, they're talking about the education of the people. Now, remember, uh, his friend, I, I, I believe is Glaucon. um says, well, why are we going to make them go back down there? But see, here's the thing. The heart of a philosopher, the heart of the teacher, if you want to teach, I want to teach what I've learned. I want to share what I've learned with you, with my friends, with whoever I can. That's what the heart is of mine. Now, if I wanted to stay outside of the cave, I would just keep learning and keep it all inside for me. Hey, I'm good. I don't need to share nothing. I don't, I don't got to share shit with y'all. See? But that's not the heart of a philosopher. That's not the heart of someone who is who is seeking wisdom. Who who because I need to share what I've been able to learn, you know? And then you're gonna be able to learn new stuff, and you're gonna gonna want and you're gonna need to share with others. So what what uh Socrates is saying here is no, those of you out there who reach this level of enlightenment, right? And remember, we're using words it's semantics, but those of you out there who, who are of pure heart, pure mind, um, you know, who are working on yourselves, who are learning, who are educating, who have a spirit of a leader. Those of you out there who have reached these levels, you need to, to you have been blessed with a gift. And that gift, should, that, that, that gift, you should take that gift back down into the cave, right? Wherever your cave is. And you are to share that information with those that are down there who have not seen the light yet, okay? I know you can see what I'm saying. I know you can see what I'm saying. Society teaches us things. We see things on TV screens since we were little, you know? Not conspiracy stuff, but you know what I mean? Images of the way life is, images of family, of culture, of popular culture, of what's right and what's good and and um, what's fancy and you want this type of car or you want this type of clothes you you know what I mean these images that are shown to us forever since we were little especially now in modern society on the screens on the TV screens on the on the phone screens right it's the same thing whether we're talking about it uh realistically you know like me watching a screen every day of my life or philosophically Because even if we were in a society where we take away technology there is still stuff being taught to you Through families through communities through whatever right there's stuff being taught to you now remember we're thinking Philosophically here. We're not trying to say this is right. This thought is wrong. This is wrong. No Philosophically we're looking at ideas, okay Whether it's in a society without technology This happens, right? Through teachings of the family, the church, whatever. Society like us happens right in front of us because we have the technology. We have those screens that are right in front of us. You know? And those screens do project images with voices and characters. And if that's all we see and that's all we look at every day, You know, uh, media, big media, uh, I don't know, news media, uh, pop TV shows, whatever. There's messages in there. Like I said, not conspiracy shit, but look, let's think of back in the day. I love Lucy, all in the, you know, not all in the family, that one's pretty rowdy, but it was funny. But, you know, there was a lot of wholesome stuff on tv back then that the messages that they were being projected in front of the people were about love and hard work and these images are good images right but then as time went on and stuff you know and whatever and now the images that are being projected on those same screens are way different you know um more lewd or, or whatever compared to the standards of back then see and see, remember, I'm just using these examples to kind of show and to be able to, to translate what, what Plato is saying, you know. That's what we're doing here with these examples. Um, once you reach, and see, and here's the thing. So, so see, this, this, it's not like, because <laughs> see, the words are like, once you reach enlightenment, right? So it's a never-ending search. Wisdom is a never-ending thing. You know, so it sounds kind of weird. I say, once you reach enlightenment, it's like, oh, yeah, all these people are reaching enlightenment. Like, a, like if you walk into the store. Oh, yeah, I went uh, to enlightenment store. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's not that simple. It's a, it's a pathway. It's a, it's a process. It's, um, it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a process. That continues, but as you're going along and these things are being revealed to you, it's like that, like the guy who went outside of the cave and saw the real world. See, that light, the sun. When you can finally see the light from the sun, uh, it's gonna shine and it's gonna show you all the intricacies of society, of science, of all the things. It's like if you're looking at patterns on a cloth or whatever. Um where the light shows all the different colors. That's sort of metaphorically what it's saying. The sun is gonna show you that light if you are outside of the cave. But as long as you're inside of the cave, you're not gonna get the true light. You're gonna get the light that is created by the people. Remember, the puppet show in front of your eyes is created by the people behind you, behind the wall, behind the screen. Remember the Wizard of Oz, the guy behind the screen. These ideas are, um, see, but you see how they, they, they cross. They, these ideas cross all, all these different levels of interpretation. You know, the man behind the screen, the guys. the the puppeteers, right? The guys pulling the strings, the people pulling the strings. And when you look at society today, there's a lot of that sort of stuff too. Now people talk conspiracy theories or whatever, but we're not talking about that here. You know, we're we're just talking about philosophically and metaphorically uh, uh, how these things, uh, how these things um, translate into society. And see, when you break away from what society wants you to know and wants you to believe or whatever, what pop culture wants you to know, wants you to believe and wants you to follow. And when you say, hey, fuck you, that's not true. You're shunned. I mean, just look at the TV today. Anybody who comes out against what the narrative is, is shunned, is canceled, is blocked on Twitter and all this and all that. I mean, just recently, I mean, just yesterday, the big news about Twitter blocking that video of them doctors talking about the medicine that cures COVID. Look, look how it's done. Those are the puppeteers behind you. Projecting the images in front of you. They control the narrative. And see, when somebody comes from the outside of the cave, in here and tries to tell you, hey, you're looking at false images. These images in front of you are false. You see the response by the people. You see it. You see it happening in front of you, you see it in pop culture, you see it on the news. You've probably experienced this, this yourself if you've opened your mouth at any political conversation or it doesn't even have to be a political conversation. But if it is a political conversation, that's where it reveals itself the most now if you can approach conversations without being partisan when you can talk about ideals and principles and stuff like that then it's going to be harder for that person to argue but if they're not willing to listen then they're just going to shut you off and it's not going to matter anyway right like like christ says casting uh pearls before swine jordan peterson translate that as look don't waste your time with people who aren't who don't care, who don't want to listen, who don't want to learn. Why waste your time? Why throw those pearls, that 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 wisdom, pearls of wisdom, this 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 thing of value, why throw it to the pigs in the mud who just like being in the mud and never going to come out of the mud, right? That's how it translates. Don't waste your time with someone who is not willing to learn or to listen because that information is much more valuable. You know, and yes, you as a teacher and the heart of a philosopher, you're going to, you want to teach these things and you want them to know these things and you're going to try your best. But, you know, also, you know, hey, you can only do so much. Right. All right. So as far as um, uh, so see, we're going to cut uh, we're going to cut the the this is so he's beyond the the cave now. Right. So he's beyond the allegory uh, and it continues on again. This is my favorite. um uh, production of the Republic. I will put the description uh, to this specific video uh, in the description. Uh, and it goes on. It just continues on, and then they go into some other stuff. Actually, when uh, when you go on from here, it goes into the different types of society, and we got into that on the other show when I was talking about, you know, the Democrat societies and the um, uh, the tyrannies and all that. So from here, he goes into that. Um, but I wanted to show this because, um, you know, I just, I just want well, we, what, what is revealed to you through study and through education, through in-depth search and through questioning, it's so valuable. But you have to seek it out. Don't believe everything that is being projected in front of you on the screen, whether it's on the cable TV channel or on your screen, on your phone, whatever. It's the same concept. Step outside of that cave. Break those chains, free your mind. Step outside of the cave and look at the real world. There's a whole nother world out there. There's a whole nother world out there. Put your fucking phone down. Put TikTok down. Shut that shit off. Twitter, all of that shit. There's nothing of value there. There's much more value out here. Outside of that cave. Okay? It's going to hurt at first. It's going to be hard to see these things at first. But if you want to know... If your heart desires to know the answers, you're going to find those answers because you're going to continue looking for those answers. And when you get there, it's going to be amazing. Why? Because you're going to see the light of the sun shining on everything. And then you're going to want to share that with everybody else in the cave. All right. So education is key. Keep at it. We're going to keep at it here. I want to thank you for showing up today and checking in with us today. It's been a minute, but I am here, I am alive, and I am well. I want to uh, welcome all our new listeners out there. Um, I hope everything's good. Uh, Please check back with us soon. Uh, I got some more stuff in line. I know I keep saying it, but it's what we do. Hey, I'm a busy man, but I love this, and I love you guys, and I want to thank you. I love philosophy. I love education. It's key. Education is key. Education is the key. And I just want you to free yourself, Okay. We got to break those chains, man. Break those chains. All right. All right. All right, guys. Uh, I love you. Check back soon. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends. Please, please tell your friends. Share this uh, episode with your friends. Let them know about us. And uh, check in with us. You got the email out there uh, in the description. Love you guys. Check back soon. And uh, stay safe, okay? Love you. Peace out.